Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and the Voice of Prophecy speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. There's a solemn warning for every one of us in the spiritual we hear first. You've got to give an account in the judgment. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. You better mind. You better mind. You got to give an account in the judgment. You better mind. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. You better mind. You better mind. You got to give an account in the judgment, you better mind, you better mind. Oh, you better mind how you talk, you better mind what you're talking about. You got to give an account in the judgment, you better mind. Oh, you better mind how you think, you better mind what you're thinking about. You got to give an account in the judgment, you better mind, you better mind. 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 You got to give an account in the judgment. You better mind. You better mind. Oh, you better mind how you preach. You better mind what you're preaching about. You got to give an account in the judgment. You better mind. Oh, you better mind how you sing. You better mind what you're singing about. You got to give an account in the judgment. You better mind. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. You better mind. You better mind. You got to give an account in the judgment. I got to give an account in the judgment. We got to give an account in the judgment. We better mind. We better mind. We better mind. Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless this broadcast today, especially to family life, to fathers, to mothers, to children. We pray that all over the world, true family life may be strengthened, for out of the family we know Thy blessing can come on men. We ask it all in Jesus' name. There is a place of quiet rest. 
sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. Oh, 
Now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, How Family Life Began. Family life began when the world began. For it is written, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. Those great words are found in Genesis 1. This is the origin of the human race, the divine record of the beginning of things, the creator who set the starry worlds on high and tinted the colors of the rose, who filled the earth itself with the wonders of his power. When he came to crown his glorious work in the creation of man, created a being worthy of the divine hand that made him. This is the genealogy of the human race. He came from God. Though man was formed from the dust of the earth, and science tells us that there are at least 16 elements in his composition, he was indeed by creation a noble being. The genealogy of Jesus, as written in the Gospel of Luke, is traced back to the patriarch Seth, who was the son of Adam, who was the son of God. The other creatures on this earth cannot understand the sovereignty of God, yet they may be capable of loving and serving man. The psalmist wrote, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, the sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. That's the eighth psalm. But in all this glorious creation there was not found an help meet or appropriate for the first man. Genesis 2.20 None was equal to him. God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an help meet for him. Man was not made to dwell in solitude. He's a social being. He was made to love and to be loved. God himself gave Adam a companion. He provided an helpmeet for him, a help corresponding to him, one who could be one with him in love and sympathy. She was made from his side, signifying that she was not to control him as the head, not to be trampled under his feet as an inferior, 
but to stand by his side as an equal, to be loved and protected by him. She was his second self. As the apostle put it, no man ever yet hated his own flesh. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Ephesians 5.29 So we see that in reality, by creation and by bringing Adam and Eve together, God himself performed the first marriage. This is the institution of marriage. The creator of the universe was its originator. No wonder the scripture declares that marriage is honorable. Hebrews 13.4 It was one of God's first and finest gifts to man. We can only imagine the scene when Adam, awakened from his anesthetic sleep, saw standing before him his beautiful Eve, who was to be the mother of the race. Even the garden of God was no place to be alone. Of God, it is said, he setteth the solitary in families. Psalm 68, 6. Many of God's children have lived solitary lives, but it's no ideal, not God's plan in the beginning. The divine command to the first couple was, be fruitful and multiply and replenish or fill the earth. Genesis 1, 28. As the years rolled by, Adam and Eve became the father and mother of sons and daughters. Every race on earth today that has the records may trace its lineage back to this first home founded by God himself and to the beautiful Eve, the grandmother of the race. Of her it is written, and Adam called his wife's name Eve, or living, because she was the mother of all living. Genesis 3.20 That's how home life began. It began in the mind of God, and in the garden which he planted eastward in Eden. Even the dark shadow of sin and death did not destroy home life on earth. Without it, this world would be a much worse place in which to live. The most wonderful words, aside from the names of the divine being, are Father, Mother, Home, and Love. With all our failures and follies and wanderings about the earth, the great majority of human beings want a home. They want home life. They don't feel right without a home. The devil hates the home. Sometimes when we hear about the hundreds of thousands of divorces that have taken place in these latter days, we think that home life is done for. But far from it. The great majority of people still stand up for the home and wouldn't be without it. If you really want to live, be a part of a home, a son or a daughter, a father or a mother, a wife or a husband, with a home of your own. When God the Father placed his only begotten Son in this earth, he gave him a home and a mother's love. As a speaker on this broadcast, I've never, I could never tell you all what home was meant to me. First of all, there were the love and care and example of my father and mother. Kind words, care day and night, and love shown in actions and expressed in words, too. In our home, there was little money, but lots of love. Not much furniture, but a great deal of affection. Not many dishes, but a good many books. The pictures on the walls were painted by mother herself. Then there was the family worship every morning. How can my brother and I ever forget those times, the Friday evening worship at the beginning of the Sabbath, and those wonderful Sabbath days when we would hear dear father preach and 
Mother would always have something special for dinner. We love to see the Sabbath come. The least I can do is to thank God for placing me in such a home. Then we would go to see my paternal grandparents. That was another Christian home. Grandfather was a Methodist minister, truly a man of God. On the other side of the family, my mother's parents also were Christians. Grandfather Sylvester had been a pioneer in the early days of the West, a gold seeker, a hunter, a scout, a blacksmith, a farmer, but above all, a man of God. What days we had with him on the farm and in the mountains. What deep impressions we received as we saw him read the scriptures silently to himself with tears trickling down his cheeks. Oh, there's nothing like family life in a Christian home. You can never forget a real home. You take the memory of it with you wherever you go. You're a part of it as you spread home life over the earth. A friend of mine left the Middle West to carry on Christian work in the city of London, where he stayed for years. While there, he went to the Royal Albert Hall to hear Melba, the great singer. After thrilling the vast audience, which filled every seat, she began to sing old favorites, and especially Home, Sweet Home. My friend said that in a moment or two, he had forgotten all about London. He seemed to be back on the old Iowa farm where the tall corn was rustling in the wind and the squirrels were chattering in the oak trees. Finally, it was evening, and he was driving the cows home for milking. There was Mother at the kitchen door calling him to supper. He could see the smile that she always gave him when she handed him his bread and milk just as the sun was setting. Yes, he was back home again on the farm in Iowa. He was back home. So were thousands of other people that night, back in their own homes, where every memory took them as they listened to the song. Suddenly the singing ceased, and with a start they all came back to the great city and to the duties of the moment. It would be well for us, we who have known Christian homes, to go back home, at least in mind, every once in a while. But better still, to go clear back to the first home, the home which God established, there in the beauties of nature. It was a home where men learned to appreciate the words of God, to enjoy the things of the outdoors. We read that in that home, God talked with our first parents in the cool of the day. They heard his word. He was their father, their teacher. 
That's what every home needs today. That's the real basis of successful home life right now, to appreciate more and more the works of our Creator about us, the trees, the mountains, the lakes, the rivers, the ocean, the fields, the birds, the flowers. In spite of all the wounds and scars that sin and sorrow and death have brought to this earth, it's still beautiful. It reminds us of that far-off day when God said it was very good, and of the day coming when the earth shall be made new again, and men shall build homes and inhabit them, plant their own vineyards and eat the fruit of them, and long enjoy the works of their hands. Although we need to appreciate God's works, we need something more. We need to commune with Him. We need to know Him. We need to read His Word. We need to pray at the family altar. We need to light again those fires which have died out in so many homes. We need the flame of worship from the altar of the living God. One of the most sacred things in our home when I was a boy was a little motto that always hung on the wall of our best room, not far from the table. On it was these words, seemed to be holy to me. Christ is the head of this house, the unseen guest at every meal, a silent listener, to every conversation. Remember this, no true home life can be built on deception. The husband must be true to the wife, the wife to the husband. The children must be obedient and appreciative. All must be willing to forgive and forget little wrongs. I remember the words of the great preacher, Dr. Talmadge, he said, the highest house of Congress is the domestic circle. The rocking chair in the nursery is higher than a throne. George Washington commanded the forces of the United States, but Mary Washington commanded George. The destiny of any nation lies around the hearthstone, or as we might say, the television set. What we look at, what we talk about, what we feel toward each other, these are the important things in this country, every country in the world. Home life, that's the important thing. You have the latest furniture, the finest radio, the finest color television set, the latest model in the garage, yes. You may have all these and more in your home, but if the one all-important thing is lacking, your home will never be the home God wants it to be. Like the holy city, the Lamb must be the light thereof. Jesus must be there. Not only to our homes, but to our hearts, He is the light of the world. Is He the light of your life? Friend, Let's seek Him and have Him in our homes so that our homes may be little heavens to go to heaven in.
May each of us understand more perfectly in our own lives the true meaning of the saving grace of God. Then, taking hold of his hand, let us keep looking up, going forward in faith. Have faith in God, the end of doubt and strife. Have faith in God with power creative rife. Have faith in God. He spoke, and there was life. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Radio friends, at this time of the year, we especially need to remind all of our friends and listeners that the voice of prophecy needs your interest as represented in letters. The voice of prophecy really goes forward with the enthusiasm of its friends expressed in the mail received at Box 55, Los Angeles, California. So just write us a letter. Tell us what you're doing. Give us the encouragement of your interest and assure us of your prayers. We hope this broadcast of ours has brought spiritual strength to you. And we invite you to join us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. And so we say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.